0: And now a reading of the good news. You can stand if you want for this part, wherever you are. Um, It's the continuation of what Kathy read from John chapter 20. The belief trilogy reaches its climax with Jesus' words to Thomas, and then concludes with verse 31, a mix of encouragement and challenge to all who are blessed to hear the good news. This is the Holy Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. A week later, Jesus' disciples were still shut in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. He said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Ah, that's a great story, isn't it? It's a beautiful story. It is a story about grace and it is a story about growth. And that makes for a kind of interesting interplay because those two ideas, grace and growth, they're uh, kind of contradictory a little bit. So let's start with grace. Grace is this crazy idea that at its core, our faith isn't anything we do at all, but is something God does for us. Um, It's something that we can't get. We can only be given. Um, And it's something that um, we can't deserve or earn or bring about any more than we can, like, deserve the taste of fresh raspberries or earn somebody's love or bring about our own birth. Grace, uh, it's those moments that you just can't help yourself. You laugh in amazement and cry with relief and shake your head in wonder bow your head in gratitude for something that comes to us from completely beyond ourselves grace is gift and grace is miracle and there is a lot of grace in this story because this story when it happens this is just a few days after those disciples watched as Jesus was arrested, tried, and killed. They were there. They saw when he died. They saw his body be taken down. They were there when the powers that be murdered their hope. And now when we get to the start of this story, that was Friday. Now it's Sunday, still Easter Sunday, but evening of that day. So they know that the tomb is empty, but they don't know what it means. They don't know if this is an ending or a beginning. They don't know where his body is. They don't know if the authorities are coming for them next, and they are afraid. So they lock themselves up in these rooms, and that is where Jesus meets them, right? Jesus blows right through walls and locks and fear. He comes right to them. They don't go out and find him. He comes to them and he brushes past all of their shame about what they've done. Doesn't even mention all of the ways that they failed him in those last few days. Blows right past all of their shame about what they've done, right past all of their fear about what's going to happen to them, meets them right there where they are. And you know what? Jesus does that same thing for us too. Comes right to where we are to be with us. And that is grace. Thank God. (laughs) I'm sorry. I do this thing when I'm preaching sometimes where Uh, I get so into, like, trying to string together words and sounds that I think are are beautiful and poetry that I forget to just, like, say what I'm thinking. Um, So I apologize, but, like, in my defense, grace is kind of like that, right? Grace lends itself much more readily to poetry than to prose. But anyways, I'll try and knock off the poetry and just tell you what I am thinking. Um, because this passage has so much grace in it, but it also has growth, too. And um, if grace is this idea that it's not about what we do, it's about what God does, then growth is kind of the opposite, right? Growth is this idea that God longs to radically reshape our lives and longs for us to radically reshape our world and that's pretty different than grace but somehow both of these things are true grace and growth and not only are they both true but they're both like at the core of what it means for us to be people of jesus how we're called to live so think about i mean in this story the the growth part i think that's mostly what we see in thomas right because man. Poor Thomas, he gets a lot of flack doubting Thomas, but he's actually the one in the story who, with Jesus' help, is able to change and is able to grow. Um, think of those disciples, right? Like they have this incredible experience. They get to see the risen Jesus appear before them and they receive his peace and they receive his spirit and he sends them out to continue the work that he started. Can you even imagine what an incredible experience that must have been? What it would have been like to be in that room? But then then eight days after Jesus sends them out, where are they? They're all still up there, locked in the same room. It's like, no wonder Thomas doesn't believe them when they say they've seen the risen Lord. They haven't changed at all. They're still doing the exact same things. Although, to be fair to them, eight days locked in a room doesn't sound quite as dramatic anymore as that maybe would have sounded to us a year ago. Eight days in your home, that is nothing. Anyways, the end of this scripture passage is incredibly striking. Because in this move that is, like, to be honest, very uncharacteristic for the Gospels, the writer breaks down the fourth wall, or whatever you call that in acting, speaks right to the audience, right to us, yeah? And says, these things are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. That's written right to us. And so that's probably a good question for all of us, hey, who have experienced resurrection. If we've heard this story, if we believe in this story of death transformed into life, how has it changed us? Would somebody... Seeing us, would they know? Would they be able to tell that we had seen the risen Lord? And so I was just thinking about that for myself and my own life. And um, I, by the way, I don't mean this. That all this sounds like this is not meant to be like bragging or like talking about how holy I am or anything. So please trust me on that. But just um, I think this story has changed me, um, and. Uh, and I'm really grateful for that, especially now. So grateful for our faith and its stories of hope. And, um, I, yeah, it has changed me, and, and I hope that it will continue to change me every day, right? That's that's all of our hopes. Because for sure this story makes me, like, an eternal optimist, which maybe I was that way already, but it gives me this promise to cling to um, especially when things are hard, um, to know that the end of the story is a good one. The end of the story is going to be a good one if we're not there yet. And so especially if stuff's really dark and heavy, that like keeps me from despair, um, to trust that for all of us, even death, that is not the end of our story. And I think um, this story of resurrection gives me like, A different standard by which to live um, means uh, just because something is normal and the expected way of things in the world around us doesn't mean that it has to be that way for me. Um, And this thinking about the way that Jesus lives and dies and then keeps on living, it's just like another way um, that we can live. So instead of just like automatically doing what everyone around us is doing. And for sure, I definitely don't always live the way that I think I should, but I think it helps me be, I don't know, like more more thoughtful and just see more options. And this story definitely sends me out of the room um, in some really wonderful ways, some really weird ways, like here I am Uh, Standing in front of Matt Griepentrog's iPhone on a little speaker, talking to you, who I cannot see, but I am trusting you are there in some empty church in the middle of Wisconsin. I mean, it does not get any more weirdly wonderful or wonderfully weird than that. Or, oh, last week, uh, I know where I found myself. I found myself in the garage of Jack and Marilyn Copland's house, their long, long time CTK members, uh, presiding over communion through their open door because they missed this meal so, so, so much. Um, life brings us some very weird places, right? So there I am and I'm in their garage and I have uh, some bread and some wine left over from Monday, Thursday laid out on the hood of their car. Um, and we're, we're really far apart but, you know, across the garage and through the open door, they were there um, with some crackers and with, uh, I don't know what those are, like little sherry dessert wine glasses, little tiny cups for communion. And so we, <laughs> I mean, what a funny place to find yourself in, what a funny situation. Um, but we, we sang together and we prayed the Lord's Prayer together and we shared our, our little meal and, um, And I saw, I saw how much this meal means to them. And standing there all by myself in that garage, I have never, never felt so connected to them, to all of you, to our faith. gift of grace. The challenge of growth. That is the very core of who we are called to be as Easter people. And that is hard because they are kind of at odds with each other in some ways. So people have tried to explain it different ways. Hey, by saying that, you know, it's like um, a gift that's freely given, but it's up to us to receive it and put it to good use. Uh, or by saying that it's like a dance uh, where God always leads, but we have to take part in the steps. However it makes sense to you, to us, let's do our best to hold on to both of those, okay? The gift of grace, the challenge of growth, and just trust that the tension between those two, that is like the fertile ground where God does God's best work on our hearts and our minds and our souls. So, um, maybe take some time today to think about the ways that resurrection uh, changes you and um, ask God to keep changing you and do everything you can to be uh, open and willing to participate in in that growth that God wants to do in you, Um, but especially Be on the lookout for grace, okay? Expect it. Believe it will come. Cherish it when it does. And then last of all, whatever literal or metaphorical room you are in right now, may you experience Jesus coming there to be right by your side. And may he grant all of us his peace. Amen.